0: On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're joined by our good friend Richard Stamen, Mavs Draft on Twitter, talking about the NBA draft. Can the Thunder move up? Who should the Thunder take in the second round? What's the sweet spot for this pick? Plus, let's review the first year prospects on this Thunder roster already. All that coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast.
2: You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at ThunderousIntentions.com. Ryland Styles, you can follow the show on Twitter at Thunderpod. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. And you can even text the show 405-963-2308 over there uh, on the text line. We're joined today by Richard Stamen at Draft on Twitter to talk about the 2023 NBA draft and review the 2022 NBA draft as well. Richard the regular season is over, the play-in tournament is over, and we now know the lottery standings barring a few quote-unquote coin flips uh, that will happen here shortly in the coming days. We thought it would be happening today. It did not happen today uh, for some reason, at least not at the time we're recording this at 3 o'clock. So, Richard, it's time to really dig in to draft coverages. Is this like your, your, your regular season? Are we now in your season? <laughs>
1: This is yeah. This is my Christmas, man. Like around the combine, anything like from the last day of the regular season when teams are throwing it in, and all the guys who are rookies that didn't get to play throughout the year get to play from that moment till the draft. Like it is holiday season, man. I'm I'm just waiting for the Christmas commercials, you know.
0: Yeah, it's the, it's the Christmas season. We should make a Christmas for uh for uh, NBA draft junkies uh, commercial. That would be a lot of fun uh, for us to 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 uh, create. So you mentioned the rookies and the thunder had a rookie that got to play a whole lot in Jalen Williams. What, what was your synopsis of Jalen Williams season? Obviously he had a really great one and, and and was a finalist for rookie of the year. How would you evaluate Jalen Williams, both in this season, what he did well, what he needs to improve on and how would you evaluate his ceiling?
1: Yeah. I mean, he was always considered a really high floor guy and he absolutely proved it. His three point shot improved a lot throughout the year, which I like to see. I think really before January, I want to say his three point shot was pretty low. It was in the twenties in percents uh percentage, but he finished around average, 35 and 36% for a rookie as actually above average. So a lot to like there. I really think it's just getting that consistency for the whole year now instead of, you know, three, four months, which you know, you could make that about any rookie. It's not, it's nitpicking at that point, but there's just very little to to point out in his game is like, all right, like this is going to hold him back. There's nothing that holds him back. It's how good can he be? Like how much better can he keep getting really? I mean, it feels like there's no limit on that.
0: What would you say about his defense? Cause synergy uh, grades him out as an average defender right now. And I think that for a rookie, especially tasked with facing off with the players that Jalen Williams has had to take on on the defensive assignment with this Thunder team. I think that that's a really good grade for him what do you see from him on that end of the floor?
1: Yeah, impact wise I think he's average. I think he can hold his own though. Like he's not a liability. And for me when you're like actually skilled and you're not a liability, you're more than average. In terms of actual impact though, like statistically, yeah, he probably is average, but I think he's able to hold his own enough to be able to be versatile. I mean, he's got the size, he plays the position right at the wing where he can be interchangeable and that's super valuable. So I actually think he's above average already.
0: So we we didn't see much from Usman Jang at the NBA level, uh, because you know the, he had the wrist injury and, and just the, the nature of how the season was going for Oklahoma City, uh, surprisingly for most people, did not prove to be one where you got a lot of those developmental minutes at the end of the year. So, for, for Usman Cheng, you're somebody that, like me, watched the G League, watched the real NBA. Uh, in all of that, uh, in all of that time, because we both watched each league, what did you see from Usman that was surprising? Both positively and negatively.
1: Yeah. I mean, he was definitely a bit more raw than I anticipated. Like I knew he was always raw. And for me, it's like you have to look at him with an long-term outlook. Like you're not expecting him to be this year one contributor. So you could pick apart that three point percentage, but really <clears throat> there's no like red flag there. He didn't get to the line much, I guess. Point at that. I would like to see him get more aggressive. I think that's really going to stem for that's a big root, right? For him is just, can he get more aggressive and what will it look like statistically when he actually is more aggressive? So the tools are there. I don't think I'm changing my course at all on my pre-draft analysis, but I really do think he's someone who, like, he still has high-end rotational player written all over him.
0: Yeah, I think that with his uh it was the, the one negative that you want to point out is even whenever he was in the G League and it was, you know, it's kind of his show, he was not aggressive at times. He was at times just, like, floating around the court. Uh, which is, you know, more passable whenever you're playing that way in the NBA. Uh, I should say more explainable whenever you're playing that way at the NBA level than it is with the G League level. But through the course of time, he did improve on that and he became a really aggressive player, uh, you know, pre-wrist injury and post-wrist injury. One of the more encouraging things was at the rim this year, he shot uh, 74% uh, f- from, from the, from the, at the rim or I believe it was 84% one to the two. I know, I know that's a big dramatic, dramatic uh, range, but he was like 86 percentile at the rim and at first position, according to cleaning the glass. And as that gets more, more aggressive, if that stays the same, as you mentioned, that's really encouraging for what he can be. And I think that we saw in glimpses how good he can be as a defender, which can really help uh, this team long-term. And you mentioned it, even though he is a project and he is a, a, a raw player and was particularly raw. And the question now becomes how do you continue to find minutes for him as this team progresses and expectations change around them next season, uh, he still has a ceiling of a player who can be really good and a floor of a player who can be a rotational piece, uh, which is which is nice to see from Usman Jane that we didn't see uh, that level of change. How, how important would you see Summer League being for him? He said at X interviews that he'd be playing in Summer League. How important do you view that for him?
1: Yeah, I think that's massive. I mean, that's an opportunity where a lot of guys who – have played in the NBA, but haven't gotten the featured role yet. That's where they turn into, you know, they, they get to try that featured role and try things. They never would try in an NBA court. Otherwise where they're the first option, you know, they're picking guys up defensively. They're, they're trying both ends. They're creating both for himself and for others at a really high level. And I think things like that as a wing, like that's invaluable experience.
0: So I want to end this with two things. First of all, have you came around to J will at all? Because I'm a big J will stand right now.
1: I mean, I love him. I've I've been a this is Jalen Williams, the big man, right? I'm making sure I got the, the big name man, right. the big man. Oh, dude, yeah, I never, I never came around on him. I was, I was always around with him. I had him as a first round grade. I think we both agreed on him. I mean, everything has translated. The taking charges, for example, has been outstanding, and that was the skill he had at Arkansas.
0: So the the taking charge stuff is such a a weapon for him, and, and I think that. Um, you know, on draft night, I was uh, not necessarily skeptical about him specifically, like as an individual, but I was skeptical about, this is a guy that in my mind plays a role and plays in a certain style of basketball. That's a lot like Jeremiah Robinson Earl, where it it, it becomes redundant to have both of them on your roster. It's they're both the same caliber of player and they both play the same position the same way. And so that was more so my hesitation on draft night of, we just saw Jeremiah Robinson have a really good rookie year. Now we bring in a guy who's pretty redundant with him in Oklahoma City. Uh, how does this all shake out? It's going to be a it's going to be a nice um, battle. And that was the that was the constant message from the Thunder all offseason long was this roster is going to look a lot different next year when it comes to internal competition. And uh, of course Jeremiah had the had the ankle injury, but I think that that internal competition has swung pretty favorably uh, towards Jalen Williams.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's made Jeremiah Robinson Earl expendable. I mean, he, he barely even played. JRE barely touched the floor when Jalen kind of got into the established role, which sucks as a JRE fan, but also I really like Jalen Williams. So, like, you can't win them all. I think he's probably, I mean, at this rate, would it shock you if Jeremiah Robinson Earl might have played his last game as the Thunder? It's it's a little extreme, but when you're a second rounder, you your contract's not as, uh, as sticky, and, you know, you're easily movable compared to uh, – to first rounders. I think where it's much harder for teams to, to give up on what they had.
0: That's right. I I think that um, it just comes down to the fact that the thunder have three picks coming in this year. Uh, If they use all of them, which is still a big, if a lot can change between now and the the draft, if they lose all, you use all of them, they're going to need at least two roster spots. As of now, Uh, we don't really know about that second, second round pick. It could be in the fifties as it should be right now, but depending on how the, how the Spurs and Rockets, uh, coin flip shakes out it could be two picks in the 30s and at that point as you know richard you'd you'd be needing three roster spots instead of two uh, because the reason why it's so important to have that pick go in the 50s is that pick in the 50s can sign to one of the three two-way deals you're not going to convince a player in the 30s to go on a two-way deal more than likely unless you just absolutely reach on an otherwise undrafted guy
1: yeah i mean i think they're going to consolidate those picks personally add someone in free agency i think sga is going to draw in some guys to recruit free agency personally
0: are there any uh any targets top of mind for you on that category
1: nobody stands out um but i mean i just feel like sga's weight like his his gravity is gonna draw somebody right
0: that would be interesting and thunder have the cap space to do it if they choose to go that route um but let's let's end this segment talking about the first year guys with just a refresher on Chet Holmgren. Like, where where were you on Chet Holmgren this time last year? Because I think that uh, – I did a whole pod on this yesterday. I think that uh, because of the ascension of all these other guys, that it can get kind of lost in the sauce of, like, just how good we're expecting Chet Holmgren to be.
1: Yeah. Um, I think, you know, a year ago after the season ended, I started watching him more and more and more. And I thought, you know, like, if everybody stays healthy and everybody hits their ceiling, like, Chet Holmgren's the best player in the draft. And I really don't think my views have changed, even with Paolo being just as unbelievably. I think he's a franchise changer. I still believe in Chet. Like he, his two way impact with creation ability as a center is just unprecedented.
2: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And and he fits this team like an absolute glove. Like I think that that's what's also encouraging about Chet, is that he's, he's not having to go to a situation where he's the main guy, so where he can just raise everything up um, uh, in the, uh, in, in the process of, of coming back to this team, but that's a synopsis on, uh, on the draft picks for the thunder in terms of what they've already used. Now let's talk about the draft that is coming before us come June by telling you about our good friends over at game time folks. Game time is fantastic. Game time is an app that lets you create an account Use the code LOCKTONNBA, get $20 off your first purchase and last minute tickets. Low prices guaranteed. They're sponsoring today's show. And Game Time is there for you because you just go there, download the app, go to the website, whichever you want to do, and create your account. And then you can buy tickets to your favorite events without the stress. Game Time is fast and easy to use to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and the best prices guaranteed, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to have. So check it out today with images of your seats view, easy to find and buy tickets of all kinds to to the event in your area, low prices guaranteed, and event cancellation protection. Uh, Make sure you check it out today by going to Game Time. And creating an account and using the code MBA. thats code LockdownNBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Create an account and redeem the code LockdownNBA for twenty dollars off uh, of your purchase. Download the Game Time app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder Basketball. Today, we're talking to Richard Stamen at Mavs Draft on Twitter about the NBA draft. We'll talk about the Thunder season as a whole and put it to rest on Wednesday with Clemente Almanza. And on Thursday, we'll talk Stockwatch, an up-and-down report on every player across the roster. Friday, we're going to recap the Sam Presti press conference. So a lot to get to for the everydayers. Continue to subscribe and listen five days a week, even in the offseason. Richard, we bring you in now to talk 20- 22, 23 i should say nba draft uh we're now in the new cycle and the new year and it's it's been a long a long few months but i'm, I'm just now getting a grip on 2023 nonetheless we've seen the season in your dallas mavericks threw away the season and they have the 10th best lottery odds whereas the thunder have the 11th best or 12th best lottery odds that's not necessarily important for this conversation because I don't think that either one of us are expecting some miracle jump quite yet. We'll have plenty of time to discuss those conspiracy theories as we move forward, and trust me, I will. Uh, but for this question, let's just assume they have the 11th best odds and, and they pick 11th because you know they don't move. At 11, with how congested the draft board is uh, of, of talent and how razor thin the margins are between evaluating these players, How far could Sam Presti go if he so chose to consolidate those draft picks, as you were saying?
1: I think he can move up to five, four. I mean, somewhere in that range. I don't know if you're going to get to three, just because eleven is a big jump. But a team that, I mean, just looking at the the draft board, someone like Portland, I think they'd be disappointed to move out. You could see Charlotte being able to take the swing. They may prefer quantity over quality, although they do have a lot of picks. But I think that's a that four sorry, five to seven range is probably ideal. so if if the thunder
0: were to jump up to to say, let's just, just say best case scenario, they go to four if they get it done. and let's just assume for the sake of of argument, it goes Victor scoot Miller, one, two, three, boom, it's over. Four. At four, the board then opens up. Who would be the perfect fit for the thunder?
1: Man. I don't think you go Amen Thompson, which is really weird, just because the amount of guards you already have. That, I mean, I think he's kind of ball dominant. I don't like that phrase, but I do think he is somebody that kind of profiles as that. It's tough. I think you might take a swing at somebody like Jarris Walker. I think he's perfect for what Oklahoma City needs. Are you, I don't know if I'd trade up to get him, but. He is such a ceiling raiser that within a year or two you could see massive impacts and say, all right, that deal was worth it. It was better than anybody we could have gotten at 11. So so that's
0: that's where I keep falling back in this in this draft class. I keep falling back on three guys that I think would have really helped the Thunder. Walker, Taylor Hendricks, Grady Dick. I think that coming away with one of those three guys would be considered a massive massive success outside of, of course, the lottery odds just falling ever in your favor and you somehow get victor or a top pick or whatever. Uh, of those three guys, what, how realistic is it for any of them to fall to say 10, you know, 11 or 12 or, or wherever the Thunder are going to pick at at 11 or 12?
1: I, I don't think, I don't think any of them get past. I don't think two of them. I think Hendricks and Walker don't make it past 10 for Dallas. I think Grady Dick could, because teams may be scared of the on-ball defense.
0: What range would you feel comfortable moving up to go get Walker, Hendricks, and then and then Dick?
1: I'd say at six. I think I'm a little bit skeptical at five because I do think you need that like star power in the top five. It's just kind of the label. But I think you can justify it for someone like Oklahoma City where you see such a big impact year one. I think you could probably justify Jairus or Hendricks at five. I don't think you'd justify Grady Dick at five, to be quite honest. I'm a big Grady Dick fan, but I don't think he's justifiable that high.
0: So so on the Gritty Dick approach, you just wait and see and, and see if he falls to you and kind of not make a yeah, rash I'd, move.
1: I'd say like nine, yeah. if he's still there, you start approaching at there and see like, hey, can we jump 10 and see what happens?
0: What's the conversation around this draft? Because I feel like it's it's been fluctuating. I feel like this time last year, we were discussing how it's generational. There are seven to eight names who can change a franchise, who can be really good, who can be top three of your organization good. That's what we were hearing this time of year ago and, and for the majority of this season but I feel like since then uh, the conversation shifted a bit so what is the, the what is the 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 pathway for the for this draft to go how many people would you consider a top 3 player in an organization in a good organization and what would you consider the, the benefit to either staying put at at 11 training up or Doing what you did last year, where you where you not only kept eleven, you know, in, in last year's case twelve, but you traded up, and, you know, you traded back into the draft and back into the lottery uh, of those scenarios, and knowing this draft intimately, is there a reason to to go back into the lottery while we're maintaining with, you know, pick eleven?
1: Yeah. I mean, next year's class is going to be weak. I mean, we've seen this for years with the EYBL tournaments, things like that. It's a year that was heavily affected by COVID, I think, is a big reason why. Like, if you think about it, four years ago, they were eighth graders. A big part of their development was going into high school and they didn't get that. Um, So I do think the 2024 draft is actually going to be pretty weak. You could justify moving out of 2024 entirely and just throwing all your chips into the top five while keeping everything else. I think that might be worth it. Now, to answer the question of franchise-changing talents, there's, pro- I mean, it's hard for me to identify that. I think this top four is absolutely franchise-changing. And after that, there's a lot of candidates that could be top three guys where I, I can see a very realistic path. They're top three on their team in the NBA. So there are a lot of guys. I would say, honestly, I think that 9 to 12 range is very volatile. If you can get up to 8, you're probably going to end up with a pretty safe high-ceiling pick. So I would say moving up from 11 to eight might be worth it.
0: So with this draft class, I remember us talking, you know, throughout the season and the, the position that I felt most comfortable with on the Thompson twins is wait and see of, you know, these are 20 year olds playing high school level competition. We're not as the general public, we're not going to know what they can be. It that's going to be up to private workouts that's going to be up to interviews. That's going to be up to things that we just are not privy to, and, and so it's going to be very hard to gauge what to do with them, who to draft first, what their fit is, what to do. Have you gotten any sense or or more comfortable with projecting who will be better, what their ceiling will be uh, based upon the, this season?
1: Yeah, and you're talking strictly just the twins, just the twins. Yeah, so I think I think Ahmed's very safely the better prospect. He's got real point guard abilities. I think Asar also has the great passing abilities, but he doesn't have the point guard abilities. If you look at the half court, just abilities. <laughs> I hate saying that word like five times already in 10 seconds, but you know he he just can't get to his spots nearly as effortlessly as Amon Thompson. I think that's alarming. He's going to be able to make good decisions. The good thing about them, though, is that the intel is strong, hardworking, good kids. Even though they're older, they're actually only four months Older than Mike Miles, who's a junior at TCU right now, there is red flags about that. But I think Amen Thompson's better, the better prospect. All-Star is an even better defender, though. So if you're looking for like high end role player, Allstar is your guy. If you're looking for franchise changing talent, I think Amen is your guy.
0: That is excellent work from Richard Stamen at Mavs Draft on Twitter. Now we're going to discuss second round prospects coming up because the second round is as interesting as the first round for Oklahoma City. But what's also interesting is going over to our good friends over at Prize Picks because Prize Picks is awesome. Uh, it can give you a 100% deposit match up to $100 with the code locked on. Download the app or go to prizepicks.com. And what, it, what Prize Picks does is it allows you to pick two to six players, pick the over or more or less on their projection numbers, and you can win 25 times your entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. You're not playing other people. You're not playing sharks who do this for a living and know all the ins and outs. It's just you versus the projection. So you can sit down tonight and say, look, I think Kevin Durant will have over six and a half assists and Steph Curry will make more than three and a half three-pointers. And boom, if, if those two things come true, you win. This includes the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college and and, and football, men and college, women's basketball, uh, WNBA, Esports, NASCAR, Tennis, MMA, Boxing, Disc Golf, Eurobasket, Cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe, offers fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the PricePix app or go to PricePix.com to sign up today and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 when you use the code LOCKEDON. That's the code LOCKEDON for 100% uh, instant deposit match up to $100 at PricePix.com or the PricePix app.
2: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day as we're talking NBA draft today, we're going to memorialize the season tomorrow. We're going to do a stock watch report on Thursday and talk Sam Presti on Friday. You can always text text the show 405-963-2308 for behind the scenes uh, and immediate access to myself, the show, and the Thunder. Richard, let's begin talking second round talent. So, so first set the stage with us on the ins and outs of the second round, because it's actually a bit quirky. uh, And we, we kind of want to do this refresher every year in the second round, there gets a cutoff point where players start to tell teams do not draft. me. I would rather be a free agent and pick my own spot. than you draft me and put me on a two way deal or a non-guaranteed deal, whatever. If I'm going to go that route, I might as well be a free agent and decide for myself, what is that cutoff point typically where the cutoff both for players to start to say, do not draft me and players to start to accept the fact, okay, draft me and I will go on a two-way deal?
1: Yeah, you start seeing that in the 40s um, and it is very common. It's an agent. It's, a. It's you know, they want to do right by the players and their agents, right? In the team. So and vice versa, they don't want to be taking on a role that they feel they're going to get short-ended on. And, you know, there's limited availability for every different team. It depends, right? Like somebody who, It's unfair to the, say, the like a Warriors guard. If you're drafted as a guard in Golden State, where, mind you, they already have Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, Jordan Poole. They already have a pipeline of guards. They have Hydra Rome is there. They have Moses Moody. I know he's not a traditional guard, but he is like a two guard. You have Ryan Rollins they just drafted last year. There's a lot of guys. I wouldn't want them to take me and go, we're just going to develop you in the G League first for a year. Not everybody wants to sign up for that. So agents will say, hey, like, don't take him. We're going to go somewhere else. It feels this isn't a good fit. We appreciate you. But so that's what I've seen. Uh, that cutoff generally starts around the 40s. It very much happens in the 50s. That's why we get some of these surprise picks where teams are like, you know what? Let's just take this international player. We'll see what we get from him in three years. It's just not worth the headache of negotiating with agents.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Now for the Thunder, we've talked about how deep the draft is in terms of, you know, top three guys in the top end. How deep is this draft class? in general like with the thunder right now uh let's let's operate with this before the coin flip then we'll do it afterward right now the picks would be 11 38 and 50 at 38 are you still going to get a player who you think can can be a rotational fit
1: yeah i mean generally the 30 through 36 is a really strong spot of the draft actually there's a very strong year over year success rate 37 and 38 there's a bit of a drop off but Generally, there's a team that strikes gold in one of those last spots of the 30s, which I doubt Sam Presti, I personally wouldn't. So I think there's a chance. Now, the depth of the draft as a whole, look, right now, I think after about 55 on my board, I'm like, all right, I have this guy up here. He's top 60, but I'm not that confident in him. It's just I know he'll play minutes, so you kind of have to rank him accordingly. There's not a lot of guys who stick out. Like Last year, I think the depth at the bottom was a little bit stronger, where it's like man, this guy, he just needs a spotlight. There's not as many of those guys. And and to me, that's it's a little bit of a statement of the depth. I think you'll be able to every year find somebody in undrafted free agency. There's guys down the board, but generally speaking, if you're trying to land an Aaron Wiggins, even at the, in the fifties, I'm not confident he's there this year.
0: Aaron Wiggins is my sweet King. Do not say or suggest a bad thing about Aaron Wiggins. He's awesome. Now,
1: Oh, he's the best. I he's love the him. best. He's the best. I came on here and I actually, we have an episode about if there's one player on the two way right now or on in like this range that I think it was actually from the summer league that could get up to a guaranteed contract. I predicted it was him. So I'm on, I'm on board here with you.
0: So let's, let's talk that pick at 38 and let's just, for the sake of argument surprises happen, guys jump, guys fall, whatever. So in not exactly 30, but who's in your sweet spot of like thirty to thirty-five? Who's who's in that range for you you think could be available there? But you personally think that that's gonna be the success rate for the team to hit on the sweet spot. Who who are some names there?
1: Yeah. So I mean, just naturally, some guys on my board will be there because I have guys that I know for a fact are gonna go first round that I have in the 30s. So somebody's in a slip that's good value for me. I could see, you know, if you're trying to find that first round guy, um, I think you could even make an argument. I have Mike Miles there. I think he's somebody who has a, is a high-impact player. Brandon Podzemski uh, from Santa Clara, he's a really well-kept secret. Combo guard, has great passing abilities, just a gifted offensive player. Um, and then one other I would say, I mean, I love Trace Jackson Davis. And for Oklahoma City, who, look, it's no secret, they're going to be going after a big, especially after that Minnesota game. I think they could use Trace Jackson Davis as a day one rotation player as a big.
0: Tell me more about the secret in Santa Clara because uh, the Thunder obviously have a good success record of that and J-Dub talked about you know at, the, at his ex interview how he's had open communication with them and helping him through the process and really thinks he's a really good player what do you think of him
1: Hey hopefully it's not tampering <laughs> No, but I uh, I really like him I think he's got a sweet stroke just gifted offensively I posted a couple days ago just he had a game versus San Francisco where he One of them was just out of a pick and roll, made a bullet pass through traffic, and then also under the basket uh, on a baseline drive, just finding the open man. Like, his vision is very good. Just everything you want in a combo guard offensively, that's him.
0: Look, there's no player-to-player tampering, as we learn every All-Star game with LeBron James. So we're not going to worry about uh, about J-Dub texting a a fellow alumni of the Santa Clara – I forgot their mascot, but the Santa Clara Broncos. So – We'll, uh, we'll let that slide with this second round pick. Where does our good pal
1: Isaiah Wong for Hey, declared as of the day we are recording this, I think he's going to get drafted. I really do. Uh, Just from, so I I went out to Miami last year, about a year ago, almost uh, very early May. So from my experience, what, I talked to him. I talked to his family. I talked to the trainers. I talked to his teammates, things like that. I got a really good scope of what it was like firsthand with Isaiah Wong and everything checked out. Like they are like, you know, he's a hard worker. He's going to take any feedback that he gets from NBA teams to heart. And lo and behold, he did. I mean, they, the biggest thing they talked to him about were, you know, playmaking and shooting, improve those and you can be draftable. And you know what he did? He'd improved his playmaking and he improved his shooting, even with a better guard next to him and just more talent with more mouths to feed. He still managed to get his own and help others and while obviously making the team better. Cause he led in back-to-back years, the team to their first elite eight and then last uh, as last year. And then this year, their first final four. So for the year, just how much did he improve? He went from 30% from three last year and 75% from the line. Now, granted, I think those were fluke numbers. If you look at the year over year stats, that was the only year he shot below 80% from the line. And he went from that 30% from three to 38% from three on the exact same volume. And on more free throw attempts, he went up from 75% to 85%. So everything was there. The, the assists went up from two to three with a minimal turnover jump. Everything you could ask for is there. He reduced the dip that they wanted him to get rid of. It's not gone, but it is certainly improving. Everything is there. I think if you look okay, at, you know, just winning ability, work ethic, and athleticism too, and just he plays combo guard really well. I think he'll be a good pro. I, I stay on this island. I've been here for four years. I'll be here for four more years.
0: Yeah, I hope you'll hear for a lot longer than just four
1: years. But Re- re-elect uh, me as the president of uh, of the fan club for Isaiah Wong. I'm running hopefully unopposed.
0: <laughs> better than the president of the fan club for Isaiah Roby, which I was for a a dark period of my life but uh, richard let's end with this by by simultaneously plugging your website com and talking about our our community mock draft uh, at com. you can go there right now and uh and look at the community mock draft in this draft for the thunder i took traquavian smith in the second round now i want to know your philosophy view you personally how would you grade that for myself and for the thunder because for, for the thought process, for the Thunder perspective, from like my, my perspective, drafting for the Thunder, I know that he doesn't quote-unquote fit, but it's such a talent that I just couldn't let him fall any further. So how how do you balance that in your personal opinion of like, hey, this guy probably doesn't fit perfectly. You've got to kind of mash that piece into the puzzle, but he's so talented.
1: Yeah, I mean, talent fits. I, I'm a big believer of that very simple Ideology. Also, that was a name I was going to say because I actually have him in my top 30. And I was unsure because he's a guard. And then I forgot you actually drafted him. I love that pick. And and you know who the pick before him was, was Trace Jackson Davis. So both of those very clearly are gettable players. I'd like him. He's a good scorer, very gifted offensively. Another one of these guys who, I mean, he's got to work a lot on his defense and add strength. But if you you imagine him, right now he's like 165, something like that. Give him 15 pounds of muscle. He's an entirely different player.
0: Entirely different player. I love it. Uh, Richard, this was fun. And you know the drill, Richard. I'm going to be calling you every week saying, hey, let's get on the pod. We're going to do a pod weekly about the NBA draft because you were so gracious with your time. Uh, so I thank you for that. Uh, so you can expect Richard on the podcast uh, weekly here on out through the draft and through summer league, even because he just talked about how we ran through summer league last time. Uh, Richard, last thing to plug for your website, your Twitter account, NBA Big Board, which you should go listen to next up. What's going on?
1: Yeah. uh, So with NBA Big Board, we're doing a lot of stuff over there. We're starting a YouTube feature for prospect of the day. So every day on YouTube, you'll find multiple videos uh, just of our podcast, breaking down things no one else is talking about in the game and the prospect of the day. And then on my site, every single week I'm doing community mock drafts. Um, So those are starting up and I think it paints a good picture. The reason I do it is you know i could have my own opinions but i have a very big biased lens like no matter how i don't i do or don't know i have a bias i have it one way or the other you know i think it accounts for the randomness that happens on draft night and generally these things have been accurate i had somebody do the magic in 2021 they got franz wagner and uh and Jalen suggs Uh, i'm sorry that was 2022 uh I'm absolutely drawing a blank, but the, the two picks, the magic had, I I feel foolish as magic draft also in this, not getting this perfectly right, but I did witness, you know, those same things. Uh, and actually it was 2022. It definitely was Franz and Suggs. I just got my years wrong, but that kind of stuff I've been doing it now. This is year four. There's a lot going on there doing scouting reports as well. So, um, and hopefully next time I'm on here, I won't be feeling God awful with allergies.
0: I appreciate you gutting through this A warrior performance from you. I'll let you go uh, take care of the allergies now, but thanks for joining us and we really appreciate it. Thank you. Until next time, be good and be good to one another.
2: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.